So it's a real cat and mouse game. And the Democrats know this. The Republicans know this. They come and do their tours on the border and walk with Border Patrol. And, you know, they go and see the bodies floating in the river. That's what they love to talk about the most. Let me pontificate about the bodies floating the river. Let me tell you about the rape trees that are scattered amongst all the freaking ranches. That's what they don't want to talk about. You know, many politicians in America and lobbyists who are former politicians, did you know, at least 33 now and growing um, lobbyists for the Chinese Communist Party are Republicans, to include John Boehner. So when you have enemies on the inside like that, you know, you have many different levels of problems. Over the next week, you're going to see major border cities with so many people roaming the streets that it's going to become no longer a humanitarian mission. It's going to become a riot control, crowd control uh, situation for most law enforcement. With the global economy being in shambles and central bankers moving towards a reset, it's never been a better time to protect your wealth by owning precious metals. Contact Andy at milesfranklin.com. Tell him Sarah sent you. He promised me he will guarantee you the lowest price anywhere in the country. Remember, email Andy at milesfranklin.com and tell him Sarah sent you. It's never been a better time to protect your future than now. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. The border is experiencing a massive surge. People are talking about it all over the place. And so I figured I would bring in a expert, someone who used to work for the Department of Homeland Security. His name is Doug Thornton. He, was, he, he worked for Department of Homeland Security for over 10 years as a federal police officer and specifically in federal protective service within the Department of Homeland Security. And he was part of a rapid protection force you know, to be deployed at different security level events like the border surge in 2018 and and the riots in Portland, Oregon in 2020 and 2021. He's very familiar with what goes on at the border. He knows it from the inside and he's going to bring us insight as to what's really going on. That's what he'll explain his background a little more. I ask him to do that, but I think you will learn a lot from him. It's pretty incredible what we're dealing with in this country. We're getting a hit from all angles. There's a part in this interview where I talk about the PSYOP and what PSYOPs are. And I I don't think I do that great of a job, but I do do some examples. What I want people to understand is that they are using your mental construct against you. So that means that whatever you value, they will use it against you as a means of getting you to perform. So, so, for example, Christians are heavily attacked based on their Christian beliefs. So many people that claim to be Christian or faithful are not really, but they know that they can use that to, you know, the rope you in. When it comes to the people, Democrats and people on the left, they want to be good people. They want to accept people. They're very, you know, the bleeding heart liberals. So they know that. So and COVID is a great example. They got people to take a very harmful vaccine mm-hmm. by using the construct that you need to do this to care about people. And they do that on so many things. And so it's important that you know, you know that's what they're doing. Because they're going to they're gonna use it against you too. If you're a patriot, they'll use the patriot part against you. 
So it's important that you understand that construct so that you won't be a victim of these psyops that are going on nonstop. So that's what I mean when I talk about it in the middle of the show. Uh, Hopefully that's a little bit better explanation. And before I get into this, I have to tell you, go to sarahwestall.com. Please sign up for my newsletter and sign up for my Substack. There is an overlap a little bit of what I do on both of those, but my Substack, sarahwestall.substack.com. I will be airing an extra with Doug Thornton on my Substack. It'll be exclusive for my Substack members. So if you want to watch that, go there. I also have another one with... Dave Hodges that I'm going to be putting up there as well as an exclusive. So sarahwestall.substack.com, you can see my exclusives and sarahwestall.com, you can support my affiliates. That's how I keep the show going. So let's get into this really enlightening conversation with Doug Thornton. Hi, Doug. Welcome to the program. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for having me on. Well, I've heard so much about you, and so it's been a long time coming. You and Dave Hodges have a show together, and he just tells me how amazing you are, and so I'm really glad I had have you here today, but your intelligence background and your background with various agencies give you gives you insight like no other. Can you talk a little bit about your background so people have an idea? Yeah, so... Um... I served in the 3rd Battalion, 3rd Marines. I uh, went to Fallujah and Ramadi um, back in the earlier times in 2000s, um, 2007, 8, and 9. But when I got out, I uh, worked at Jefferson County Sheriff's Department for a little bit. I got recruited by a group that occasionally called itself Blackwater. At that time, it was um, called SOC or SOC. I went back over to Iraq as a... Uh, special response team, team leader. And then I got out um, after a while doing that. I went to work for the Department of Justice for about a year, got recruited by DHS, and then spent 10 years in DHS. The last four years of that, I was on a special response team, and we were a national team. We responded to stuff all over the country, primarily just the border, because I was located here in Texas. And then uh, Portland, Oregon, where I went back and forth for four years dealing with all those idiots. So um, my background is kind of uh, more direct action on on the front lines, I guess people would say, um, either through riots or combat or, you know, just being on the border, which to me, it just all blurs together. Um, I think the uh, the strong suit that Dave and I have is Dave has the psychology background and I have the field background. So, you know, we uh, when we team up for the Doug and Dave Intel Report, which is on the commonsenseshow.com, we tend to make some pretty good broadcasts. Um, we have a lot of intelligence sources all across the board from various different fields and venues. So we can gather some pretty good information. And right now, the information we're getting is on the border and it's not looking good. Yeah, I'm hearing some stuff on the border as well. So what are you hearing? You know, Title 42 is really probably shouldn't be there anyways because it's a COVID area era deal. I mean, as far as people coming through because of COVID, it, I mean, it doesn't make sense because COVID was a manufactured situation anyways. But they're not trying to solve the problem in a legit way anyways. So what are you hearing going on right now with the border? So... 
the area that I'm going to be traveling to, if not today, then it'll be next week, uh, God willing, is that along there's there's 48 points of entry on the southern border, 48 major points of entry. There's smaller ones in between all of them. And so the estimations is that at every point of entry, you have about 30,000 people waiting to come into the border. So, you know, 30,000 times 48 is quite a bit. And from what the Border Patrol and uh, the officials in El Paso are giving out, the number is anywhere between on the border right now, the southwest border. So Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, California, anywhere between 300,000 and 1.8 million. And every week, more are coming. We already know from the Darien Pass, there are buses and buses of people that are coming forth. That's George Soros. Yeah, they're paying for it, right? I mean, it's not, this isn't organic. This is uh, a paid for invasion, pretty much, that George Soros and these guys are going down there. They're working with groups and paying for their trip up. Yeah. Yeah, we saw this back in 2017, 18. Um, when they had the mass surge on the border. I'm not sure if you remember that, but we in El Paso, at least in the El Paso sector, in one day we caught 3,000 3, people in about an hour. Wow. So yep. back then that, you know, that was a really big event. Well, and it's worse now. And, yeah, it's way, way worse. worse. Way, way worse. worse. Well, now, and, and back then when we were um, detaining people, taking them into custody, we were finding pamphlets from Beto O'Rourke all down in Mexico City where this stuff was being given out with a $500 uh, card paid for by George Soros and a Greyhound bus ticket. And that's the exact same thing that they're going on right now. And a lot of that, um, I'll make some people upset when I say this, but I really don't care. A lot of that is a coordination through the Catholic churches, the yeah. non-government organizations, and then the Democratic Party. Like here in El Paso, the Jesuit Catholic Church, I think Sacred Heart Church, I think that's uh, the information I was given. Um, that is a Jesuit church, and that is where all of these people are going to. Yep, Sacred Heart Church. And so, you know, all, all of these people are, are coming into this area, and they're meeting up with the Catholic priests and the NGOs and Red Cross. Well, you know, let's just let's just throw aside dastardly deeds for a second. Let's just talk about a humanitarian mission. If they are actually there in a benevolence form and they're trying to give food, water, comfort, hygiene, and a place to lay their head for the migrants, well, that's all well and good. But the problem is, is a couple months ago, we were max capacity at all the soft side tent facilities where, and I've been to almost all of them on the border. Because um, I we were doing the missions, running people back and forth. But if they're all at max capacity, where are you going to put this next 30,000 people? How are you going to feed them? How are you going to clothe them? It just, there's so, it's the children that are coming through, they're not even checking to see if they're with a legit person no, we or did, not. They're, yeah, we dealt, we dealt with that in 2018. There was actually a, a boy that, um, I want to say he was nine. I want to say he was probably nine. Um, he was from Honduras. And his, this was the fourth time we had caught him at the border. Nine-year-old boy. Oh, geez. What, what, this is what happens. 
as the people coming through the Darien Gap, they they come through Central America and they're with the cartels. They will rent children to single men. Yes. And this one boy uh, was rented this to this man. This was his fourth time. And when we detained both, the the little boy was you know uh, very upset very beside himself, very traumatically abused. You could tell this very traumatic. And so uh, we did a cotton swab DNA test on the boy. Come to find out that, yeah, absolutely. This was his fourth time being in here. And he told us that his parents rent him to grown men for like a couple hundred dollars. So he'll go from Central America, a thousand plus miles north with a stranger through one of the most terrifying dangerous places on earth and then when he gets to america and he has to go through that process of being in custody and go through child protective services and then being relocated back to his parents either through the cartels or through american agencies you know the kid was just he he was gaunt he was very very traumatized and so this stuff happens daily yeah and they don't care no i mean they have zero are they told yeah, the, the Catholic Church who's doing it, do they know or are they being fed a line of BS? And uh, go ahead. Oh, everybody knows. Everybody knows. There's uh, I mean, between the the child sex trafficking, the human trafficking that goes both north and south of the border. That means people that are being kidnapped here in America, being driven south to Mexico to then be sold all around the world. God, and that's more the uh, on the Native American, the Indian reservations and stuff, right? Because those people are missing, uh, huge numbers go missing every year on those reservations. And then there's also the people, the children in the system that go missing. So it's a combination, right? Well, not just that. I mean, just your regular old kidnappings, MS-13 and other cartel variant groups um, that profit from you know they'll and they they like to steal um fair-skinned people blonde hair blue eyes and so what they'll do is they'll kidnap Mm -hmm. a girl typically as a teenage girl uh, maybe mid-20s at the latest and they will kidnap them drug them take them into mexico sell them as a prostitute and can come back north and sit at your local mall or walmart and wait for the you know unsuspecting teenager on her phone and you know, and the process happens again. And this is happening. At, this happens at every state in every city. And do it again, over and over. And the authorities know this and they're not doing anything. There's really not much you can do because kidnapping is such a sparse um, criminal element. You know, it. if we had more cops, we could have more presence. But if you have more cops, more people bitch about there being more cops. So, you know, you can, you can, you can have your sandwich mm-hmm. and eat it, or you That's can have true. your sandwich and stare at it and wish you could eat it. If we just cared about things the right way and had them directed in areas that are, that would help, we wouldn't be in this situation because oh, having more cops is one thing, but having more cops on specific tasks that deal with human trafficking and, and those issues would make a big difference. Well, and, you know, I mean, you have Homeland Security Investigations, HSI, who is one of the leading agencies, along with the FBI, in actually finding, targeting, and doing stings for human trafficking. 
but, but they don't do near as good a job as your local sheriff's department who know everybody. It needs mm-hmm. to start. It needs to start locally, even though federal has a lot of resources. Nobody trusts the federal government. I worked there for like 15 years. I don't trust the federal government. Half of them are incompetent. A quarter of them are liars. And the other quarter of them are just waiting to get re- you know, retired so they don't have to deal with this crap anymore. So people get burnt out really fast. And on, I think more can be done on the local side from the local police departments and sheriff's departments. But everyone has their problems. Everyone has uh, in, been infiltrated at some point in time. And, you know, while the FBI and these other agencies run around and they're hemming and hawing over some dude who, you know, made a meme over Hillary Clinton. They're trying to prosecute him for it. We have legitimate terrorists that are crossing the border. Let me tell you. That's a right. Let me tell you a story. Back in 2018, this was the last time I was on the border. So I'm going to reference that quite a bit. Um, we were given some intelligence Um it wasn't really law enforcement uh, sensitive. It was more like a situational awareness. But there was a video that was ascertained by our um, our agents, and it was of one of the imams the from Iran. And this guy was saying that one of the goals is to eventually get a young jihadi and to sneak him into Ciudad Juarez and then uh, with a biological weapon, and then from there to smuggle him through the tunnels. And he specifically said tunnels under El Paso. And then when he's in El Paso, he'll release the biological weapon and it'll kill about 300,000 people. Now, you know, that's, that scared us, right? Cause we are like, Oh my yep. God, what can we do about what that? What the heck is that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, you know, weigh your gas mask 24 seven, if you're really worried about it. And we took it as a, not a veiled threat, but as a credible threat. But it's just kind of a, you know, when and if. Well, Mm -hmm. the thing that I am wrapping my head around right now is that never happened. And I paid very close attention to these things. And because that never happened, it makes me think, well, the timing wasn't right. The timing was off. Well, now that we're not fighting a war against Islamic terror anymore, you can do quite a bit more because those assets aren't, you know, beaming down on you from satellites 24 seven. So what I uh, would hate to see fear um, almost predict, I guess you could say is that I wouldn't be surprised if there was a terrorist attack on the border within the next week, uh, biological weapons, whatever you want to call it. That was actually aimed at the migrants because that would give two good black eyes for America. For one, it would make us realize the border is not secure, like everybody's been saying. Terrorists are coming through the border. And oh, by the way, because, you know, here we go, White House, because we didn't allow in people and process them in quickly enough or have a more effective means of doing that, we allowed a terrorist attack to happen. And they took advantage of it. And ergo, here's your new war. Here's your new boogeyman. Is that the intel that you're getting? Yes. Yep. That's that's what Border Patrol is um, conversing amongst themselves with the supervisors. Um, we, we know for a fact ISIS is coming through the border. We know for a fact. Well, yeah. I mean, if it's just easy to get through, why would any any terrorist group would use it? Well, the up the uptick in in their movements is what's surprising. You know, everybody is is uh, really caught on the whole. You know, there's Chinese 
um, you know, men of fighting age all along the border. Yep. From what I've gathered from the border patrol is that they're 70 to 75% of what's at the border right now are Venezuelans between the ages of 16 and 50. So that's men of fighting age coming from a communist country that is owned by Russia and China that oppose Donald Trump and have also now opposed Joe Biden. And I mean, now, now that Mexico has officially went and joined the BRICS nations, we have lost that, yeah. that venture and that trust if, if it was ever really there. And so who knows what can be smuggled, but I'll tell you this much for every one migrant that we catch six runaway. For every 18-wheeler filled full of weed that we capture, four filled with fentanyl drive by. That's right. So it's a real cat and mouse game. And the Democrats know this. The Republicans know this. They come and do their tours on the border and walk with Border Patrol. And, you know, they go and see the bodies floating in the river. That's what they love to talk about the most. Let me pontificate about the bodies floating in the river. Let me tell you about the rape trees that are scattered amongst all the freaking ranches. That's what they don't want to talk about. I've heard numbers 70% of the the young kids, including boys and women, are raped multiple times along the way. Maybe more than 70%. I mean, it's you are highly vulnerable if you're in that situation. That little boy that you caught that's been going up and down a bunch of times, he probably was raped multiple times. I hope not. but uh, what, the numbers show he probably was. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, you're you're probably accurate. What we did was we were able to give him over to Child Protective Services, which even then, as we're doing it, because I remember I was in the hospital when they came and you know signed papers. Um, it it made me feel good that I was stopping the process of him being That's sold good. back yes. and forth. But then going into the hands of CPS, I mean, the kid's just going to disappear anyways. We we have a we have a completely broken process. We do have a completely broken, and so many of those kids disappear, but not all of them. Not I mean, they're you know I keep saying this. My dad always says, Sarah, not everyone is a bad guy everywhere, nope. and we do have some good people. So maybe you did make a difference. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's hard to say trust the process, trust the system. Oh, I know. Um, it. Really, this is this is what it comes down to. Our hands are tied behind our backs because of politics. Anytime law enforcement goes to do any type of law enforcement actions, politicians say defund the police, and then they promote people who try to kill us. And so there's a lot of animosity there. And there's a lot of people, like I said, they're just burnt out. They don't want to do the job anymore. And because of that, they get careless. Well, what do the people think of these politicians? I mean... Oh, I can't even imagine the people who actually work in those jobs. What do they think of the politicians right now? Well, the, the politicians are so removed from reality of the border of any violent city that they should not be even. I don't think they should even be convened in an intelligence meeting because they give no intelligence. They leak intelligence. They, they not only leak intelligence, but they dilute it and then they poison it. Just like what recently happened, um, you know, the uh, Immigration Customs Enforcement uh, today was going to do a large yep. operation where they were going to go and start rounding people up, especially if they're Mexican. If you're Mexican, you cannot be here legally. You ha- you get deported immediately. Typically that day you get deported. But everyone else from around the world, they'll sit in the soft uh, soft side of tents. 
So why? Why is that? I, I, because I really don't. Because Mexicans aren't as we're not they're much they're not as much of a risk to us. Is that why? Uh, I'm not fully sure the entire process. I, I know, like with Title Eight and all this other stuff that's happening, that you know, if you're claiming asylum, uh, then they're you know the Democrats want to push you into here. But international laws say that if you claim asylum, you have to stop in the first country that grants it. Well, that's Mexico, right? So yes, um, we we send a lot of people back to Mexico, and like I said, the the process is so damaged and the politicians are so removed from reality. They should, there, there should be no bearing upon their word. For one thing, they don't get anything done when they pontificate from the Republicans and the Democrats. And I, and I, there's like six Republicans that I probably would pay attention to and actually admire and like their, their work. And the rest are completely useless and they're hurting us. The only thing you can do to solve the problem on the border right now is you have the military from the West Coast to the East Coast, um, you know, from California all the way to the Gulf of Mexico. And you have to start building a solid-based concrete wall, 50 feet tall, 25 feet below. Whenever uh, the, the border wall project started with Donald Trump, I was there um, in San Isidro, California, at that port of entry, our special uh, response team was there. We were tasked with guarding the, the wall and the engineers. And the original wall was 50 feet tall with like these ninja shurikens all the way across the top. It's crazy looking. And it went 25 feet below. They got away with it. It went to something else. Well, okay. So let me ask you, why are all the politicians, what is the real reason the politicians aren't supporting a border wall. They claim it's because it's discriminatory. Well, now look what's going on. And there's all these people who are being raped and these kids are being lost. And I mean, it's a completely humanitarian disaster. And so they claim it's because of we care about people. But if you cared about people, you wouldn't have this level of humanitarian disaster. You get AOC taking fake pictures at the border like she cares. And then when it comes to this massive humanitarian disaster, they they turn the other way at the same time they're trying to take people off the air because they incite violence but yet they're allowing this level of violence with their behavior so what do you think is really behind this i i think the moment we shut down the border a lot of people in dc lose a lot of money yeah personally I, that's probably pretty yeah, accurate personally that's that's what i believe but you got to understand and, I, and I'll say this, um, I'm not going to say it vaguely, I'll just say it. They're communists. A lot of people that are in our politics right now are um, closet communists, and some of them are right out there and they say it. But their goal is not to make America great again. And you can see the Republican Party and Democratic Party are all about destroying anything that has to do with making America great. And what they're trying to do is to weaken our prowess, our borders, our dollar, our military um, the fighting men and women in America. They're trying to fracture all the families. They're trying to completely poison our kids' minds and turn them against we, the parents. Yep. And so their and their policies reflect it. Their politics reflect it. Well, they're they're also very good at using people's. They're good at using the construct of being a good person against a an American who doesn't have a clue. <laughs> 
and that's what like the transgender thing is they talk they give you a they really censorship is important for this too so they present a a person who's been really targeted and treated like crap because they've become a transgender and there is that i mean there's some of that but they ignore the huge mountain of information that shows all the harm and danger of people who transitioned who who shouldn't be transitioning you know who regret it later and you know women in locker rooms how they feel who've been raped and they have to sit and be in front of a man now who acts like he's a female i mean there's so many things so they have to censor that amount of truth and then give people something that fits their construct of why it's so bad for us to not allow this to happen. That's how they're doing it psychologically. That's the psyop behind it. And they're doing that with the border too, where they're saying, you know, we these people are just good people. They need a life. Why do we have these artificial borders everywhere? These are just artificial borders. And then they convince them that the humanitarian way to deal with this is to open up all the borders. So they got all these people thinking that, and then they hide from them the fact that 70 to 80% of the people are being raped and sold and drugs are coming through. I mean, I, you'd have to be completely an idiot not to know that's happening, but they do do a good job of, of censoring it and spinning all that stuff and saying the exact opposite of what's going on. Well, I, I dare anyone to try and to do what's happening at our southern border to any border in China. I dare you. Oh, yeah. Well, that's not going to happen. And they are a communist country. But, you know, they need to take us down in order to do whatever agenda that they have. Well, and, and, and that's, where the, that's where the WEF and, you know, many politicians in America and lobbyists who are former politicians, did you know, at least 33 now and growing, um, lobbyists for the Chinese Communist Party are Republicans, to include John Boehner. So when you have enemies on the inside like that, you know, you have many different levels of problems. Where are we at with the border right now, do you see? I mean, how close are we to just it, the situation becoming so bad that it will kind of collapse in, on itself? Well, it's collapsing now. We just had a, a really big firefight, cartel versus cartel, in Reynosa, Texas, on the port of entry bridge. I think 11 people were injured. I haven't checked yet to see if there's any fatalities. But When did that happen? Yesterday. Oh, wow. So today is Thursday. So it happened Wednesday. May. Yeah, on the Gosh. 10th. Yeah. Um, like I said, 48 points of entry, major points of entry on the southern border. You have you know, just as many on the northern border, both north and south have people waiting to come in. They both do. And we we don't have enough officers. And the White House knows that we don't have enough patrol, um, uh, border patrol. And the White House knows that every time someone comes across the border. All right. We capture them or detain them. They don't like to use the word capture. We detain them, put them into our custody. Border Patrol comes up with the paperwork and they say, okay, we have 75 people in this group. And then they everybody gets a band with a incident number or event number. All right. And from there, that Border Patrol officer has to then go back to his station and he has to log everything that he just did, which takes sometimes 30 minutes to an hour. And you're sometimes waiting 30 minutes to two hours for the other officers to get off the computers. And then we have 
others like what some of my other counterparts were doing and they're transporting from the line which is what we call the borderline from the line to either the hospital or to the encampments and that process typically takes 30 to 45 minutes to an hour well as we're sitting there and let's just say the first group 75 by the time we've gotten half of them you know to where they're supposed to be another hundred have showed up yeah so you don't even have remotely have the ability so they're just right now those people are somehow sneaking in and just getting by all the formal processes right well and what the what the cartel will do is they will they'll see you on the border and they'll release the people and tell them to go to you and then they say when you get there also run because La Migra will chase you and they'll hurt you. And, and they lie to them that we're going to do all these things. That's why we have to fight a lot of them. Um, the cartel are like, oh, well, they told me that you would rape my kids and my wife if, if we caught them. Like, who told you that? The cartel did. You believe the cartel? So, wow. and, and that the cartel is the one that's going to rape you because, you know, well, they, they just figure everybody's going to rape them at that point. Well, and this is don't trust anybody. This is this has now become quite the problem for the cartel. Because with the ending of Title 42, how are they getting that five to $8,000 a head per person to smuggle across the border? You know, that's still going to happen, but it's not going to happen in the um, the frequency that it was. So they're going to have to turn to other sources and methods of getting money, which will be the human trafficking, not sending, you know, a, a couple family units north of the border. I'm talking about the the sex slave trafficking. That's their, that's, that's when right. they're biggest spoons now that and, and pushing fentanyl that and organs yep yep organs are there's a lot of money to be made and but the little the sex trafficking they just use these people and throw them away it's really sad now when do you think um i, I know you think there's going to be an invasion of this country with from china or russia or some other country do you foresee i mean does your intel tell you that that's going to happen or is it more you just kind of see the elements building up to something like that happening. So we have theories and practicals here. Practical situation, America gets invaded. Doesn't matter who the players are. The, th the theoretical is who are the players? And so once you go down the theoretical path of finding who the players are and the schemes and connecting dots, um, that can get kind of arduous and, you know, the spider web grows and grows. But I think um, I'll give you my uh, my hypothesis. Maybe this will make sense. I've been saying for two years now that by 2024, if we're not in a civil war, I'm going to be shocked. And that shortly after civil war, we're going to have World War Three. Encompass all this. You're going to have the takedown of potentially the grid, which has been happening. You're going to have a collapsed banking system, which is happening. That's happening right now. You're going to have a mass migration of people in the millions of mainly military age males. And one of my um, feelings for that is that they're going to come here, sit and wait until they're activated. That's what I believe. Not all of them, but go and ask any Border Patrol officer right now. Why do you think only men single men from the ages of 16 to 50 are coming across the border. See, that's the concern and the concern that our, our politicians don't even care. Mm -hmm. I mean, they don't see the concern 
that we are putting ourselves at risk for something really serious. And the, are the intelligence agencies all captured so they're not telling them that? There's a war in between the intelligence agencies. There's a war in between patriots yeah, and traitors. I know. I, I just, I know. Here, here's, here's a problem. The problem is a lot of guys that used to be in my position are too worried about their benefits and their retirements to make waves and to speak out. I wasn't one of the reasons why Biden's administration targeted me and I uh, was more or less forced out of DHS. And I find that it's, it's a lack of will to stand up motivations, a lack of will to stand up for what is right when we know it's wrong. Like, let me ask you this question. When Kenosha was burning, Kenosha, Wisconsin, when it was burning and the SWAT teams were sitting there and the firefighters are sitting there and the rioting is happening and, you know, the shooting is now happening. They all sat there and did nothing because of what? Because a politician told them not to do anything. So people ask me, Doug, what is it going to take to gain the country back? It's going to take law enforcement not obeying unlawful orders from politicians, just like in Portland, Oregon, the police would stand down. Well, how about Minneapolis? We burned for three yeah. days. I saw that. That's yep, where it's, I'm from. it's all. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I don't. It's every democratic city in every state has the same problem. Like here, where I'm at, you have Fort Worth and then Dallas. Dallas is democratic. Fort Worth is kind of Republican, but Republican enough, conservative. Dallas rioting nonstop. All right. Stupid madness happening. Fort Worth, peace and quiet. You can walk down the streets. There'll be a couple crazy people here and there because they're everywhere now. But Antifa's not running around, you know, threatening people, even though now that's starting to move into those conservative cities. Yeah, it's not those people. It's the people moving into it. That's because, right. But but we have a, a situation where the average person is so brainwashed by the media and what's happening. They don't see that their own cities are a byproduct of the politics that they're supporting. Well, I think it's because most people just put on blinders. You know, like in, in Fort Worth, I could take you to a couple of places where it's just thousands of homeless people hidden in a little corner thousands meth everywhere drugs everywhere you'd think you'd walking through at you know uh portland or or seattle or austin texas which are all crap um but yeah, the, they're all like but that. it's hidden right so you know the, the people who own these cities they just hide uh their quote degenerates into little areas and if you live in your little suburb and you, the only thing you ever do is go to the things that you need, like Walmart or Chick-fil-A, and you, you only if you're not going around trying to discover what's going on in your city, you're not going to see it because that's not no, you know, you're not. That's, that's not what you want to do. You want to just go to work, go home, ignore all the politics and, and that be life. But that's not life. Yeah, but the, the violence is creeping into every neighborhood. So if you ignore it, that's what you're ignoring. Well, it's about to explode. When we have a million people cross the border who, let's go ahead and say 90% are single men, okay, what do you think they're going to do? Yeah, what are they going to do? My gosh, yeah. we have all those single men. It'll get really bad. The rape will get really bad. Breaking and entering. 
breaking entering of residential oh, areas. That's that's going to be. It's already on. T it's already bad in Texas right now. Like, are there homes where the people even with guns? This is what I've been hearing. People even with guns. There's so eighteen people will come and ransack yep. your home. You can't even do anything with a gun because yep. there's too many of yep. them. Well, in Texas, you have the castle doctrine. So if someone tries to break into your home, you have the legal right to defend yourself in your home and kill them. Um, not every state has that. Not every state has that. Yeah. I mean, you, can you imagine being in a state that doesn't have it and they can just come and steal everything you have and you have no recourse? Well, once again, let's talk about mindset. How many people are willing to pull the trigger? Well, most people won't be. I mean, I don't know. Like I, I have, I can carry, I have, you know, I have my license to carry, I have my gun and everything else. But if it came down to it, see, you're a policeman, you've been trained, you've been all this stuff. I don't know if I can kill someone. Well, that's one of the reasons why I, I created a, a actual training course for civilians. Um, and it, it's the act, active shooter uh, reaction course. And more or less, it, it puts you into a simulation because I was a use of force instructor um, for uh, law enforcement officers. So you know, we would recreate some of the worst things that's happened, you know, um, to cops and gave us really black eye. And then we would run scenarios, and let officers go through that, you know, horrible incident. So they get to see, they get to feel, they get to react. And then yeah. we get to talk about it. And we talk about what all they saw, what were they thinking while things were going down. Civilians don't get that training. And I always found that mind boggling. You, you have a license to carry, but were you ever trained? Shoot, don't shoot. De-escalation use your words, you know, I mean, yeah, I was trained on all that, that stuff in that way, but not, uh, you know, if you're, the other thing is if you're going to shoot, you shoot to kill. That's the thing I didn't realize. Yeah. If you're going to shoot you, yeah, that that's hard to, you don't just shoot to wound their knee or something. Don't, don't do the you felony shoot, Joe Biden said to do. Don't, don't diddle around. If you're going to do it, you do it. And that's was, that's hard for somebody like me. That's just never been in combat and never been in that. Said plus, I don't want to hurt someone. That's right. <laughs> I don't want to kill. That's someone. right. No, I don't. I don't think the average person wakes up every day saying, "I want to go John Wick somebody today." I, I think that's foolish. Um, those people are dangerous. Well, yeah. So that's the majority of the people. So now they now they need to protect themselves, and it's getting close to pretty serious where we could be in those situations. And how do we do it? You know, you said how many people have the, it's not an ethic. It's a, it's, it's actually kind of a positive thing where you don't want to hurt somebody, but how do you do it? Well, eventually everybody who's listening to us, you are going to have a moral ethical decision line in the sand where you are either going to be a willing participant of this world, or you're going to capitulate, stay on your phone and just become a zombie. And if you're going to be a willing participant of this world, you need to know self-defense. Um, you know, right. USCCA is also another thing. Um, I don't care what um, insurance you have. I'm not sponsored by them. That's just what I have. But if you do employ self-defense, you need to understand something as well. If you kill somebody with your firearm, you're going to be arrested. You're going to be processed. Most likely, you are going to be sued by the family. So it's a civil suit. You're going to be taken to trial um, for homicide, and then you'll go to a grand jury, and the grand jury will either say you're guilty or not guilty based off of the evidence that you can provide or the evidence provided for you. Now, everything that I just said 
may sound a little askew. Yeah, when you say, well, I was just defending myself. White Settlement, Texas, 2020 or 2019. We had an active shooter. and White Settlement's probably 20 minutes away from me. And it's a Church of Christ. And one of the security guards that was in there, I believe he's a he's retired law enforcement too. Um, young man comes in, uh, young black man comes in, he's got a shotgun, kills somebody. And then this guy stands up one shot to the head and neutralizes the threat hero of the day. He was sued by three people in his church. He was sued by the city of white settlement. And then he went through a grand jury trial that cost a little over a million dollars. If he didn't have insurance, which is like $45 a month for this type of insurance, he would have had to pay all of that. He would have had to have sold his home, any assets that he had, even though at the end of the day, he was found not guilty. There, Then you have the civil liability. Okay, so there are consequences, even if you're doing the right thing. That's one of the, the most infuriating things about American law right now. And your politicians are the worst at it because, uh, you know, the Kenosha kid, look what happened to him, defended himself. They made this guy into a right wing, you know, white supremacist, extremist, blah, blah. They made it up. Yeah. They just made it up. They just, they destroyed that guy's life. They destroyed his life. And, you know, I I think. So what are you telling people that they're going to have to be ready for that? See, a lot of people don't want to be ready for that. They don't have, they just, it's a lot to ask. It, it is a lot to ask, but let me, let me say it on the, uh, on the flip side. Here's my law enforcement answer to you. You can either be a victim or you can fight back. There's your two choices. You can be a victim or you can fight back. You know, uh, we teach run, hide, fight. Um, hiding only works when it's available. Running only works. If you can run far enough away that the bullets don't hit you and the bad guy's not going to pay attention to you because people are closer to him than you are. Fighting is typically your best avenue of approach. I trained with the Israeli Special Forces on active shooter back in 2015. And this was actually quite amazing. Their new approach to everything is run and fight. That that's that's their new approach to everything. There's no more hide. Because for so long, um, you had people from Palestine, these Islamic extremists who would come over, blow themselves up. They would have active shooters, mass shootings, mass stabbings. And the people were victimized because they were taught to either run or hide. And eh, fighting isn't, you know, optics don't look good. Well, eventually what ended up happening is this one guy went to this one supermarket. And I remember we, we watched the uh, the CCV footage of it, and this was remarkable. He goes out there this, this first month. He gets on top of his car with his AK-47, sprays and prays into a big crowd of a marketplace, gets back into his car, drives off, kills a couple of people. This happens two more times. The uh, third or fourth time that this ends up happening, and he gets out, and he presents himself in his firearm, there are women and men unloading from the marketplace with everything between brooms, hatchets, machetes, knives, and like the entire group of people collapse down on this guy and kill him. 
Not one other person died. It's a change of mindset. Yeah, it was better to do that. It's kind of like a big army of ants is going to kill a big, you know, something big. Then that's why so many of us are stronger than the 3,000 people or 2,000 people that make all the decisions on the planet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, look, as someone who was a first responder, I'll go ahead and, and take away a myth. I'm a second responder. You are the first responder. The victim's the first responder. I'm always late. Unless I'm right beside you I, and looking directly after you, I am That's always right. late. That's right. You're late. Always late. You're always late and are almost always late. And so in order to protect yourself, you have to be right. That's why you have gun laws, right to carry. But the sad part is, is that the way, but that's on purpose, isn't it? The the fact that everybody's prosecuted for using self-defense is on purpose because they want to get people to stand down. I mean, why do they want people? They just, they don't want people using guns, period. No, I mean, they want to take away the guns every chance that they get. That's right. You know, it's, it's the word that we, that needs to be used more is capitulation. They, what happens when you push an animal into a corner is two things that animal either about faces and, you know, bears its fangs and attacks, or it urinates all over itself and it quivers in fear and it gives up. That is the yeah, usually of, the animal will back off if you're tough. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's the approach of politics. Your politicians aren't tough. But what they can do is they can they can pressure you with the political system, with social media. Hey, guess what they can do now? They can go to your bank and say, we don't like this person because whatever reason. That's right. And they can cut your money off. Um, that's what they that's what they're working happen, towards. They want to get to that point. Happened to me. You know, and I've been unpersoned. At, well, yeah, I've been unpersoned everywhere mm -hmm. on the Internet. And I, that's why it scares the hell out of me, because it was a coordinated attack. Mm -hmm. It wasn't individual companies acting on their individual policies. It was a coordinated attack by the federal government telling these companies what to do. That's how reason I know is because GoDaddy's federal crime division took my website down. I know it was a coordinated federal government kind of deal that is completely illegal under our constitution, but they did it to me and they can do it to you and everyone else. And they did do it to you the way it sounds, but they can do it to everyone. Yeah. They, uh, I had PayPal and Vimeo and it was actually the, it was, it's actually the day my sister died uh, last mm. summer. And I uh, checked my email because I was back home and uh, checked my emails and I saw this thing from PayPal and Vimeo that said I had been like permanently disbanded because of whatever reason. For what? No. You still so, don't even know why, right? No, I called actually my wife and I, we went to the local Sonic uh, in Woodville, Texas, because that's the only place where we can get service. And so we, we go to the local Sonic and we're sitting there in the shade and I'm calling PayPal and I'm like, why did you disband me? Like, that's that's how I was getting donations to keep all the lights on. And yep, yep. Uh, they would not give me an answer. And so I said, okay, I want to talk to a manager. I want to spoke to a manager. Guess what happened? No answer. We have the right not to tell you is what I was told. Okay. Oh, okay. And so if PayPal goes, Vimeo follows. So, um, you know, that that's a that's whatever it's a small drop in the bucket for me but look at uh laura loomer 
you know, her credit cards were canceled. Her bank was canceled. Um, I think, um, you know, even like the, the phone companies were coming against her. The power of the politicians now is stronger than the power of a general in war. Because in war, yeah, it's all tactics and bombs and guns and stuff. But everything else around the world that doesn't involve war, the politicians have. So if war is, you know, 1% of your life, 99% is controlled by the politicians. Who has the bigger reach? It's the politicians. And they also guide the wars. That's what I'm fighting back on. Because if they have the ability to unperson you, Mm -hmm. take away your ability to function, then they, and they have that power, then they have the power of total tyranny. It is. And it's closing in on more and more people. I think it's a civil war. I think we're already in civil war right now. That's the civil war. And there's people who are digging their heels in, calling, wanting more of this. They, you know, I can't, you know, if AOC was censored the way I was, I don't think she'd be too keen on this behavior. The thing is, is that they're okay with other people being treated that way, but not themselves. Yeah, I'll gladly take AOC and all those other idiots to the border myself and give you a married tour. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's about right okay so you having all this experience what do you what should we expect over the border in the next few days as this whole thing happens because you know i was watching uh Mayorkas talk about how they apprehended this a certain amount of drugs and the amount of drugs they apprehended was almost nothing and they made they made it into this big deal about how serious they are and how they're cracking down and they pretty much did nothing so I don't think that they're serious about any of this. stuff. So what are we going to see over the next few days? So over the next week, you're going to see major border cities with so many people roaming the streets that it's going to become no longer a humanitarian mission. It's going to become a riot control, crowd control uh, situation for most law enforcement. And most law enforcement. Are we going to see... Go, keep going. I was going to say, are we going to see the military actually um, being called up? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got 1,500 coming here, you know, to sign paperwork yep. and transport people. Yep. Not, are we going to see it more? No. Is it going to be? No. 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 You're, from, you're going to see just paper pushers from the military. You're not going to see anything serious. Yeah, your National Guard may, depending. Look, it, it needs to reach a certain um it needs to reach a certain level for state forces to be activated, which you'd think we're already there, but you would think until a city's on fire, they're going to do nothing. That's the government standard. That's, that's always been the government standard until someone dies. We're not going to do anything until the city's on fire and people are bitching. We're not going to do anything. So until houses are being broken into migrants are being killed by residential owners, um, you have businesses that are being burnt because the there's a war on the That's street. Right. Until, I mean, until there's essentially until a war. Until it's a war zone, they're not going to do anything. It, Greg Abbott's saying he's doing all this great stuff here in Texas. He put up some pretty concertina wire that can be cut by clippers. So it's all BS. It's they're not it serious. Is. They're no, not serious. You, and so, so you ex, do you expect it to get to war zone level in the next few weeks? It's already there in certain Texas uh, towns. So, but do yeah. you do you think it's going to ele- escalate to that in the next wider spread where they will be forced to bring in the military? When when you have when you have only ten people in border patrol patrolling a mile or two, 
and then you have 30,000 people walking across, what can you do? Nothing. They're just going to walk you're across. Gonna back, you're going to back off. You are going to you are going to back, back off. off. You're going to sit. And you're so what are the observe. people going to do, though? Do you think the people are going to be I, freaking? Out? I think you'll I think I wouldn't be surprised if you force vigilantism. Um, but once again, you know, with that mass amount of people coming through, even if you got 10 or 12 hotheads get their their cool guy gear and their cool guy guns and they go out there to do their own cool guy mission. What are you going to do? For one thing, the moment you become a vigilante on the border, the federal government's going to come arrest you for it. Yeah, they're going to be arrested. Not all the migrants yeah. who are doing you that try you trying to do the right thing. You'll get punished, right? That's the that's the expectation of reality here in America right now. You try to do the right thing, you get punished for it. That was the expectation of the government whenever I was in. Try to do the right thing, say the right thing, and you get and you get beat for it. Okay, so you think we're going to go to a hot civil war here in this country? It's in stages the the way i the way i planned out and i had to say that carefully um i i play a mental chess game with myself on how i would take down america and i go through various different stages and phases and evolutions um this is part of it this is part of it i think what we're going to see right now is going to continue until october until the new fiscal year and then they'll come up with some new money and new programs, and maybe it'll slow down then because migration slows down during the winter. It speeds up during spring and then summer, which why else would this be happening now at the perfect time for people to be coming across the border? So by that point in time, we're going to have a whole new problem in America when we get all these border states that are filled with people that we don't know what to do with. It'll be another strain on the economy. And uh, it'll present, you know, new exotic problems that we we haven't known yet, like the diseases that are going to be rampant. That's one of the things that I watch. I mean, the stuff that I saw last time I was on the border scared the shit out of me. If you've ever seen someone, you know, just start having their skin being eaten by like a fungus, that's scary. That's scary. They had SARS, MERS, Marburg's disease, Ebola, swine flu, Everything. bird flu. Um, yeah, you name it. Black plague. It was all there. Tuberculosis, typhoid, vaccine resistant polio, all there. That's all there right now in every city in America that's going to be seeing 30,000 new plague zombies coming across the border. So not only are you going to have violence, not only is it going to hurt the economy, you're going to have a new spread of diseases that is going to move from south to north because the federal government is going to take these people, put them in planes and buses and trains and then send them to who knows where across the country and more or less spread the new virus. That's what's going to happen. That is what's been happening. And we know it and they don't stop it. And so I ask you, if the politicians don't do anything and the governors don't do anything and the military is not going to do anything and law enforcement is going to sit down and say, well, we'll obey what the politicians say. What are we the people to do? Well, I kind of think the people, you know, the people get the government they deserve. So if we don't, there's a lot of us that have been fighting back, but there needs to be more. If people just sit back and allow this to happen and they allow the, the brainwashing to keep happening by the mass media, for example, they just got done saying that the New York Times just put out a, a headline saying that they didn't find any credible evidence 
on Biden crime family, you know, the Biden crime. I don't know exactly how they worded it. I don't have it in front of me, but essentially that's what they fed to the people that the, this whole long thing that the Republicans were doing found no crimes by the Bidens. You know, they put that out New York times. That was their headline. That's the headlines they're putting out. It's a complete lie. So the headlines are, are just lying to people. So people choose to, with all the warnings they're getting from everybody saying these people are lying to you, and they still refuse to look beyond the mainstream media, and they still follow it, and they don't stand up, and they don't do anything, we will be giving our country over. We will, we are, it's a kind of our fault at that point. You know, people blame China for everything that happened with COVID. It's like, well, our hospitals are the ones that did the wrong protocols that killed everybody because they got paid off. It was our people that did that. Our governor shut down the, the states and put all these small businesses out of business. It was our people that did that. It wasn't China that did it. It was our governors, our hospital systems, our doctors not giving informed consent in mass. So at some point, it's us. Well, Alexander the Great said there is nothing impossible to him who will try. And that goes for both the politicians and we, the people. If we don't try to stop this flow of bad politics, well, the politicians will continue to try to take over our rights. That's right. We have yeah, to all I, stand up. I, I, I go back to a, uh, a colony mindset. Um, we can't change D.C. We can't change the Pentagon. But you can change your mayor. You can change your sheriff. You can change what's around That's you. That's right. And if everybody changes what's around them together, then suddenly the whole, the whole, all the pieces are changed. The whole gets yeah. changed. And and Sarah, you know, between you, I, and Dave, and 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 you know, others like us, um, you can you can go out and be boisterous, and you, you can tell these people, you know, hey, we found this on you, we found that on you. We know you're doing this. We know you get paid by China. You know, we know that you're smuggling in drugs and dope and, and all these other things, um, exposing these people. But you're going to get pushback. You're going to get visits. People are going to threaten you. People are going to call you and threaten you. People are going to follow you around. So that's why it takes not just one person, but it takes an entire community of people. That does. You know, that, yeah. That's all of that's us. the mindset Americans yeah. need to have. That's right. It's not just us talking because if we're up here talking, we're just like sitting targets. Mm -hmm. We're sitting ducks. We need everybody doing this. Well, you know, right now we, we have the uh, remarkable ability to sit here via the Internet. And this will go out to Internet radio stations and, and you know, YouTube and Rumble and whatnot. But when with things like the Restrict Act, when that gets put in place and there's quite a bit of Republican signers on it. When that gets put in place oh, no. and we go bye-bye, who do you listen to? And what do we do? I know for me, what I'll do is I'll go to the streets, to the corners, like what they used to do um, in the old times, and I would continue to you know, speak there. That's what I would do. Yeah, it's just going to be really hard. And they're trying to get rid of AM radio as well. Um, and... Uh, I know you got to get going here. You have a, probably another appointment. They're trying to get 
uh, rid of AM radio, which is a big problem because that's one of the last free speech areas. They're trying to get rid of it in all new cars and stuff. If you're going to put FM, you might as well put AM, but they are trying to get rid of AM for a specific political reason. And um, it's, it's all coming down at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. You, there's a lot of movement going on and it's on every level. And it's meant to overwhelm yep. us. It's meant to, uh, to tear us and unmotivate us. What I tell people is stand strong in your faith, walk in your faith, um, you know, follow your constitution, fight for your rights. That's why you have to fight, not lay down. And, and fighting is not a funny meme on Twitter. That's not fighting for your rights. That's how America dies. <laughs> One funny meme at a time, right? Yeah, that know, is. We, we literally will have to get out there and do a little bit of a bully pulpit you know, uh, uh, pick it at your, at your mayor's office, you know, let them, let them know that, you know, what's going on. Let them know that you're upset. And if once again, if the policy doesn't change, you will be forced to change it. I'm not saying I want that. I'm not saying I want riots and revolution. I'm not saying that I want a rebellion. I'm not saying that I want a, another war. I'm saying if we don't stop it now through the quote proper means of politics that is your only other options history shows that yeah that's right okay well where can people follow you and learn more about your work uh so the american vindicta show is on gsradio.net between 6 and 7 p.m eastern time also on rumble and on youtube if you go to the AmericanVindictorShow.com, you can see all the other affiliate stuff that I'm on there. Um, and uh, in June, we'll be putting on a active shooter awareness and reaction course. So if, oh, if you don't have any uh, training, you can go to ReadyMadeResources.com. That's Robert Griswold's website. And you can sign up there. You can email me at AmericanVindictorShow uh, at gmail.com if you have any questions on security or training and you know, if you can't come to me, that's fine. I, I'll try and find training venues within a driving range of you. The, the, the goal for me, Sarah, is to um, bestow the knowledge that I've been given to others in a simplified way so that people can walk confidently because I think you're going to need to know it soon. I think you're going to need to know how to take care of yourself, how to know how to use a gun and not shoot yourself or someone else accidentally. And not only that, but to put you in scenarios where you can you can have a memory recall and say, okay, I've been here before. All right. How do I that's how right. do I act? Yeah. So that's how I am trying to get the public um, um better aware of their their rights and their ability to protect themselves. And other than that, hey, you know, support what where uh, Sarah Westall does, support uh, Dave Hodges and and all the other great groups of guys out there in the alternative media because we're the number one threat to DC right now is the alternative media. We'll be the first ones to go. And when we go, it's up to you and what you've learned and what you can do moving forward. Well, I hope we don't go, but I think you're right. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And, and you keep working hard and thanks for everything that you're doing. Appreciate it. Thank you, Sarah.